Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to lesson 14 of 21 for 21. 21 lessons about sport and media in the 21st century. Now, we've done a few episodes so far on working in sports media and one of the pitfalls we haven't quite come to yet is the fact that your schedule can sometimes be all over the place which is why I'm not joined by Jamie tonight unfortunately but I am joined by Max Hayes who is on the earlier level of the some of the careers of some of the people we've spoken to so far so Max thank you very much for, for joining us today. No, cheers. Thanks very much for the invite, Stuart. Really appreciate it. And um, nice to uh, nice to meet you virtually as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, as we we're saying before, before we've uh, on the call, we've got a bit of a link through. Been to some uh, games at the world famous City Ground with, with with my brother. So it's nice to have uh, the first yeah, Forest fan on, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure he'll no. be listening. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll make sure he's listening. Don't worry. <laughs> Good. So, um, yeah. So as well as the for that forest uh, link, Max, I think the where we can start is where we had um, Omar Hawesh, who's got a Barcelona fan TV channel, which he's really professionalized uh, on, on a few weeks ago. So he's now taking that from fan media to a professional career. So Marad and saying that's what what you, you're, you're looking to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my stuff's kind of always uh, it's started from a young age, really. I'm kind of sat here 17 um, turning 18 in a few months and, and I started kind of 13, 14. Um, there was a bit of a gap in the market. I thought with um, football kind of fan fan channels and fan media, the real starter in, in, in terms of the UK and the English football leagues was Arsenal Fan TV, which I'm sure many viewers listening or, or, or lots of people will know that a guy named Robbie set that up. And that was really the first fan channel that, that kind of went onto YouTube and it really took it um, kind of, took over in, in in some sense the fan and, and kind of media output and, and, it, and it's never been the same since and there was a bit of a gap in the market with my club Forest. I supported Forest as a fan since a really early age six seven going to my first Forest game and and wanted to set up something similar I was inspired by being on the local TV one day at a, at a Forest game as a normal fan and, and wanted to set up a YouTube channel but do it in a slightly different way more 
um, interview people and give people a platform for their views and it not just be shouty kind of ranty bits from me because you know there's only so much that people can understand from one person if you get a collective of people three four people um, there's always a better outcome and, and, and people seem to be more engaged and listen so that's where it started for me really and, and kind of set up a few YouTube channels did a few kind of vlog blogs they didn't really take off at first I've rebranded myself and then really at the age of 14 15 that's when it when it massively t- uh, took off and kind of led to other opportunities as well but but no so the, the, there was a real gap in the market with with Forest and there wasn't really a YouTube channel out there so I kind of set up the first one I was known to set up the first kind of Forest YouTube channel and, it, and it's done successful sat here I think with about 6,600 subscribers and um, I think just touching nearly about a million views overall so it's been great considering it's only been going for four or five years which might seem a lot to people but for me kind of four or five years to reach those stats is pretty good in my eyes. Yeah no definitely it seems like um, yeah in in four or five years time as well myself and Jamie will be loving to love to be pushing pushing (laughs) those numbers. You will you Um, will. Thank you so you mentioned Max the the gap in in the market so how much of that do you think was because you were like a kid was that that kind of your niche being a young fan or do you think it's more like it's age is just a number and you are still putting in the hard effort and the hard graft and learning the the skills learning the editing learning the camera work yeah I mean I mean it's always a difficult that one and 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 I get asked that question a lot I I think probably when I first started it was my age I, I don't think anyone had ever seen a 13 14 year old go to a football match with a microphone before I was maybe probably hopefully uh one of the first ones to do that so that was unique and again the fact that Forrest hadn't had a proper fan channel represent them before there was a few dotting around but they had small following so for kind of me to come on the scene and it was something a bit different than you know because you get a lot of football channels that do vlogs and my stuff was never really vlogs or recording the games it was more post pre-match and and, and, and fan interviews and, and engaging stories as well had the chance to speak to so many people, America and worldwide, that that, that follow Forest over the world, and, and and that seemed to be a really um, important message to capture, and and people enjoyed. So yeah, I, I suppose my age kind of played played a part in setting it, setting it up. But then at the same time, I'm kind of sat here today, and, and I attend college, and and my college course is quite you know um, you unique in a way. It's a course to learn editing further, journalism, and and creative media skills really. So that was the aim from a, from a young age was to try and give myself a bit of a platform to build myself from. And, and, and I'm still doing that now and, and, and have done in the, in the past. So editing was difficult to kind of engage with and, and, and learn. But, but from doing YouTube and then taking that further into college, um, it's only gone from strength to strength. So, yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything, really. But I think probably definitely being kind of a 13 year old with a microphone going up to someone, they couldn't really say no when I asked them a question. <laughs> Oh, that, that was it. In how how can they how can they say no? It's a, n- yeah. a nice thing to be got to got to work 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 with work with what you got. Um, <laughs> so so when you were were thirteen, was it already at that age with the idea of you wanted to study a media course at college and get into the industry, or as it start was it just something additional fun to, to add on to your experience of going to Forest Games? Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose when I was a young kid, and I'm sure everybody would probably say this my age or or, or probably your age as well, Stuart, that everyone when they were, when they're young has kind of different career aspirations mm-hmm. and want changes and I can remember I wanted to be a footballer at one time I wanted to be a policeman the next time and then I wanted to be a pilot and then now I want to be a, 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 a presenter so it, it chops and changes but but no from kind of watching the tv and, and watching kind of 
TV professionals and especially, um, you know, the big names in football like Gary Lineker and there's a great guy over here in the UK called Dan Walker. And then there's another guy mm -hmm. named Colin Murray who, who I connected well with and, and I'm still great friends with now. And, and he's helped me try and develop my career. So kind of watching those three guys on the TV as well really inspired me to get into the industry. Um, so so in a way, it was kind of in an inspiration at start, um, which kind of turned into a hobby. Um, and like I said, I went to a Forest game one time as just a fan and, and got kind of poached and, and, and took away from the local media. And they asked me a few questions. I, answered them and, and the woman said who interviewed me after she said oh you you're really good at this have you ever thought about doing it as a career I said no I went away from it I talked I spoke to family members and friends and family members and friends have always said <laughs> from when they've known me since I kind of was born that I haven't stopped talking so they said well maybe you could connect the two and and, and set up something like that and, and try and give yourself a platform and that was the idea um, so yeah, it really started from there and then it kind of went from an inspiration to a hobby to something more professional and now kind of sat here hoping to delve into the media industry more, um, you know, COVID's put a slight stop to that, but I'm very young still and I kind of, I've, I almost feel like I've been in the media industry for quite a while, even though it's only been four or five years and I've still got a lot of time left and, you know, I'm only young, so I, I kind of have um, that on my side and, and you know it's a it is a hard industry to get into there's so many other people that want to get into and, and it's definitely a fight and a little bit of a competition um, but I think kind of starting early definitely has given me a platform to move on from. You know definitely like you say the uh, the competition to get in has probably never been more intense but there's also a lot more opportunities than than there used to be you mentioned uh, Colin Murray for one example so he's worked on of course main BBC did match of the day too then he went to yep. talk sport and I was on quest and you're, you're on YouTube there's so many different opportunities out there uh the same thing with technology as well that's a lot more easy to to obtain so mm -hmm. those very first videos that you did were they um just with a, an iPhone or did you always have a what equipment did you have on those their very first very first games yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna let you into a secret now. I still film my videos to date with an iPhone, so okay. it's literally just an iPhone. You know, iPhones have got better in quality over time. You can probably tell from the first few few videos they were filmed on. I think it was the iPhone six, seven back then, um, and now it's kind of the iPhone. I have an iPhone twelve, so it's literally just filmed with that. Um, now, people must think how you kind of get the microphones, you record the audio separately. Well, now I kind of connect to a wireless pack that I invested into with a wireless microphone. I used to use a, a, a wired eye microphone. And at first, my dad helped me when I wanted a microphone. There was a problem with, in terms of uh, audio, wasn't great back then. So, um, you know, it was quite difficult to to grab um, handheld microphones or wired microphones, especially to use with an iPhone. You know, if you wanted to use kind of a microphone that back then you were having to invest four or five hundred quid into a camera um so my dad found a uh, kind of lapel mic that you could clip on um to your t-shirt and just do kind of normal okay. stuff and we basically found an old karaoke mic and then inserted the lapel mic into kind of built uh, built my own microphone into the kind of microphone case so it looked like it was a proper microphone when really it was the lapel mic picking up that's how it started then a wired microphone properly when those came out from a company named iMic and then now a a Samsung Go wireless pack, which does the job well. And, and, in, and in terms of when I first started as well, he always, when we talk, when I kind of, my dad and my, and my brother have helped me before, and like I say, without them, I'd, I'd, I'd be really struggling mm. and probably wouldn't be sat here now talking about what I've done without kind of people mm. that, that have helped me. And, and they suggested 
well, if you're going to try and do stuff in football grounds and around football grounds, it'd be very difficult to get camera equipment in, you know, which is difficult. Sometimes clubs are so strict with what you can bring into stadiums and what you can't. Um, so that was the thing was using an iPhone with just a small wireless pack and explaining to, for example, security when you walk in mm -hmm. the door was much more beneficial than using a big camera. And the quality's always been great. I've never had a problem. I always think, and that's the beauty of getting into the media industry now, and I'm grateful for, is with platforms like YouTube and social media, that's also brilliant. And they're such easy and accessible platforms. But you've also now got technology. And from just the touch of a smartphone, from the touch of the iPhone camera app, you can start recording something and it going viral. One of my most viewed videos this season from Forest is literally just uh, some fan chants from a, uh, in the away end at, at, at Birmingham versus Forest. And that was filmed again via an iPhone and a little bit of a last minute decision to get the camera out. And that's the beauty. People can capture things so instantly and there's no limitations now to equipment. And it's great for people that want to start out and, and, and maybe can't afford that high end, uh, high end equipment. Yeah, no, it is really good that you've got so that experience of starting off with just the iPhone and then moved on as you've gone 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 through yeah. through the years. So just going back to that the very first person you interviewed, can you remember your your first interview and how would it compare to one you might have done this weekend, for example? Um, yeah, I mean, oh God, it's a it's a good question. I'd, I'd probably have to look back through the old old match day with Max YouTube videos, but I think it was just a normal. It could have been a family friend. It could have been again a guy, a family friend named Steve. He was one of the first people we kind of interviewed because he was someone I knew. Or I think actually it could have been Mansfield Forest. It was a pre-season friendly, okay. mm -hmm. and there was just some fans in the concourse that I kind of went up and poached and asked. And um, yeah, and I, th I, th I think it could have been those guys. I'd actually have to have a look. But no, comparing to the person that I interviewed, well, last weekend was we did some live reaction outside the city, uh, city ground. And that was with a guy named uh, Mark um, mm -hmm. who ran a American social media blog covering forests from America. He uh, was from, I think it was Toronto. I could be wrong there. Um, but he kind of came over to the UK and came to his first forest game since COVID. So we did a bit of a special piece on him and the mm -hmm. journey and, and him supporting forest and how long he's, um, you know, supported forest and his thoughts on the game. So, I mean, that's kind of a feel good story and that's the beauty of doing what I've done is I've been able to meet so many brilliant people and without them, the YouTube channel wouldn't have taken off. You know, there's only so much I could have put in without them contributing great kind of opinions and, 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 and talking to different people each week, you find out so many stories. So different interviews can, can, can you know, be unique in a way and, and interviews compare and some are similar and some aren't. And that's the beauty of it, really. They can be so different and, and it's great to have different ones on, you know, you get people that will say short, but, but really, uh, kind of specific things or you'll get people that will kind of uh, you know give a very long-winded answer but both are very valuable and 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 when looking back at videos you think actually they talk a lot more sense and, and could probably do a better job at me than talking about football <laughs> so when you're when you're me meeting these people on the you're on the concourse or outside the stadium um what's your how do you I introduce yourself like do you have to explain maybe to some of the older fans what the concept of of fan media is or is it sort of what widely accepted does everyone know oh yeah there's that guy with the with the with the, with the microphone or is yeah. it still a bit hard to explain to some older fans i think when i started it was a little bit difficult to explain but then again i had the young thing on my side um mm -hmm. so so really kind of going up to people it was more of a case of hi i'm max i run youtube channel match day with max and basically like you said kind of explaining fan media you're right some of the older generation were a bit you know 
what's this all about? This doesn't look like a professional TV channel. Whereas some, and especially the young kind of people with, and the younger generation were kind of destined to get on the YouTube channel and really wanting to get on the, um, really wanting to kind of get in front of the mic and talk. So, so it, it kind of differs, but I think as I've kind of built up a, uh, a reputation within the Forest fan base and people understand that I am still a fan and, and, and as much as I do a YouTube channel and talk about Forest, I'm still a passionate fan and really care about the club. So they have a good understanding of what I do. Um, so then they will kind of recognise me. And, and, and normally, uh, over the time I've done it, I've almost built up a, a great list of, of pundits, which your brother would have been on there. Yeah. So I'd try and switch them and kind of rotate mm-hmm. them. And, and the, those were people, whether they were sat around me or you'd meet at different fan events or fan media events or would sit behind you. So those were people you could almost have on a bit of a, not so like an Excel spreadsheet, but you'd try and rotate them as much as possible. Rotating cast members, yes. Yeah, so it was yeah. not just asking yeah, the random guy outside the Brian Clough stand, what's the score going to be today? It's you, your, yeah. your viewers get the get to know the characters who who make your your match day experience. So yeah, definitely, exactly that. So I guess my my next question would be, um, what do you think are the Mac? Where else could fan fan media go? Like, uh, do you? Almost, produ- would you see yourself producing documentaries or more le- lengthier pieces, or is it still mainly focused on those just match day, match day pieces? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it, again, it's a, it's a brilliant question because that's something I've actually asked to to many people and and, and got feedback from people that have appeared on Match Day with Max and, and family members as well. Is I kind of went from last season and, and and really the season before COVID, um, producing long pieces, kind of six, seven towards 10 minute videos sometimes of a full match day kind of vlog and experience. So they were an introduction about the two teams that we're facing today, a few stats, interviews from the home and, uh, you know, away opposition, um, videos of the fans chanting and then a half-time review and a half-time interview and then a full-time review, full-time interview. Whereas now I've kind of decided actually what I've noticed with views and analytics and understanding it slightly better and understanding media in, in, in a different way. And that's something that college has probably taught me. Um, I had a few college lecturers that, that have told me kind of short sometimes in people's attention span as well is sometimes you get people turning up on the YouTube channel for Match Day with Max. They know what the results been for Forrest at the weekend. Maybe they're just interested in the post-match reactions. So people's instant reaction after the result. So their thoughts on the game, their thoughts before the game, different things like that. So it's not just almost kind of a long-winded piece of, of different videos they're more interested in hearing quite snappy and quick fan reactions and, and most of my videos doing that have, have been really popular when Forrest played Bristol City a few weeks ago away and we scored two goals in three four minutes in injury time it was unbelievable scenes in the away end I grabbed the mic quickly and I did four instant post-match reactions with a bit of fan reaction in there that's the most viewed video well the second most viewed video um, forever for Match Day with Max and, and, and most viewed video this season so far with around 11,000 views. So for me, that was really successful. So you're right, in, in a way, it's difficult to engage it sometimes. However, I do think documentaries are popular. I watch a lot of fan channels in the UK, the likes of Copper 90. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they've done stuff in Germany as well. I know a great guy there, Jamie, who produces a lot of the documentaries and, and, and fan stuff for them. And they did a documentary on Forest once and I watched their documentary on Leighton Orient once and longer pieces almost sit down. And, you know, the beauty of now with smart TVs, connect your phone to the to the TV and, and, and watch long winded pieces, something that you might not be able to get on mainstream media or TV channels these days. 
so yeah documentaries is something i've definitely looked at i completed two when i worked for mitre sports doing some fa cup stuff i completed two on rochdale uh, three actually rochdale newcastle and solihull moors they were okay. kind of mm-hmm. 10 to 20 minute short pieces that would go on their website and proved to be really popular as well um so yeah there's lots of different ways podcasts are popular now as we're sat here talking <laughs> on a podcast you know it seems like every man and his dog does a podcast these days but i think it's great there's a, a wide range of podcasts you can listen to and for me i'm even though i don't host a podcast you know i try and get involved in some and i and i really enjoy l- listening to podcasts um with a you know i listen to various different podcasts whether that's on sport news current affairs climate you know various different things it's always interesting so it's difficult to predict where the fan media could go, but it's definitely the future and could potentially take over things like TV channels one day. So that's another interesting point. I mean, you mentioned uh, an internship or a work experience you've done for for, for MITRE. So, I mean, it's almost the two strands, almost the potential of fan media could be so great that fan media could be your career. Mm. Or at some point you have to say goodbye to doing your fan media video for Forrest because you're working as a reporter at Fleetwood versus Accrington for for Sky Sports just as an example so what yeah um so do you want to talk about some work experience you've done so far away from the Forest stuff and how your fan media work either helped you get the position or the skills you've learned there helped you in the in the, in the job yeah definitely I think I think for me and, and probably to answer the question at the start as well I'd like to maybe get away from family at one point, you know, keep it on the side and still do bits. But my dream is to become a general news presenter or like you said, a Sky Sports <laughs> presenter. So something like that, covering not just Forest and other clubs, whether that was in a fan media format or a TV channel um, kind of format or, or, or mainstream media, perhaps. I'd like to do that in a way and, and, and experience everything. Um, but in terms of kind of work experience I've done away from Forest, well, the YouTube channel kind of gave me a platform. The Mitre stuff came along. So I won a uh, football blogging award, they were called, okay. um, a mm-hmm. few years ago. So I won it once the first year, uh, which was funny enough, live stream live on 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 Sky Sports. It was a real kind of global event and it was a, a real honour to win it, really. I was really lucky. There were some great people in my category and it was fan media competing for awards. And, and I won the judges vote. I couldn't really believe it, um, to be honest. And then a years later... I kind of went, you know what, I'm going to go for it again and maybe try second time back to back like Forrest did with the European Cups. <laughs> um, sorry, I had to get that Forrest reference in there. Um, and then, uh, Ross will be pleased. And then um, uh, and then I, I kind of ended up applying again and, and going through the nomination stage and getting enough votes. And then I got the judges award again, um, which was a slightly different award that time. Um, but Mitre sponsored my award and basically said, oh, we'd like to send you a football um, just to say congratulations on winning the awards, got chatting to them and they were like, look, we've got FA Cup tickets for you. Would you be interested in covering the FA Cup final? It was Manchester City Watford at the time. Um, okay. It was City City beat Watford 6-0. They broke mm-hmm. a record. It was an insane record. They broke something like, it was the first 6-0 since Barry Derby in the League Cup final or something at Wembley in the 1950s. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, so It's not, not so ridiculous, Derby, do, we're doing a record defeat. That's what <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> very well said. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Derby fans will hate us for that. But, um, but, 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 but yeah, so I had the opportunity to cover the FA Cup final and, and that was huge. And then from there, really, I signed a full contract with Mitre as an ambassador-type presenter. Mm. Um, I loved everything I did with Mitre. There was a real great set of people there that I worked with. 
um, and, and really opened my eyes to what it was like working in a, in a, in a proper company and not just doing my own stuff and also um, doing fan media and producing it and, and what, what worked and what didn't work and if I could go back now and change it and what maybe they could do differently. So yeah, there was lots of positives and, and potentially negatives and, and things that I, I could take on board for myself. So I really enjoyed the Mitre stuff and we got to cover the FA Cup the following year up until kind of COVID happened. So it was, like I said, we did uh, Rochdale, Newcastle. Newcastle beat Rochdale, which was a really big giant killing. Uh, Shrewsbury drew against Liverpool and came back from 2-0 down to make it 2-2. Um, and again, that, that was a massive giant killing. I had the opportunity to interview Steve Bruce um, which was kind of off the moment, kind of just went up through and asked him <laughs> yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. and and someone like him to interview as well was a big name and that kind of helped my career and, and contacts wise as well. The Mitre stuff was great. That kind of came to an end um, about three months after the first lockdown in the UK. Okay, they took okay. a different, they kind of took a different path and, and, and they said, look, you know, we really appreciate everything you've done, but no, I really enjoyed the stuff with them. And then another thing really was, um, and, and the, this was, I suppose, more of the, getting away from the fan media again was uh, I had an opportunity around uh, January, February time in 2020 uh, to mm-hmm. work with uh, the BBC for CBBC, which is the uh, kids channel um, mm-hmm. for the BBC. And we produced, um, we produced about eight episodes. We've recorded eight episodes uh, for a program that was going to be linked with similar to match of the day, but for young people. So it was okay. football gossip, football transfer rumors, skills, I was lucky enough to be um, the main presenter on there alongside kind of two freestylers that was with me um, mm-hmm. and, and and two kind of co-presenters and they were great and we bounced off each other and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I kind of look back at some of the filming we did now and it was a real shame because that never got aired because of COVID. So that kind okay, of COVID, okay. COVID happened and they were like, look, we filmed eight episodes, it will resume. And then June, July came and the BBC were making lots of cuts. So we were kind of one of the shows to just get to get cut and that was a real shame because that was the opportunity for me to kind of launch myself off the really into mainstream platform. tv yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely and, and potentially if maybe covid and hadn't have happened we had to be sat in a different position now but it, it also taught me a lot that potentially mm-hmm. actually the fan media stuff was great i looked at differences from what i was kind of doing with the bbc and compared them to the match day with max stuff and I really enjoyed both. But then there were some parts of the match day with Max stuff. I'd actually say, well, I can go back and improve this or I would do this differently now from listening to producers and, and other people in the in the industry. So, yeah, they, they, those are kind of two things I've done outside and I've done live event work and things working with kids and, and in charities and grassroots football around the Nottingham area. Um, so, yeah, lots of um, lots of different different things from Strands away from just just the forest, the forest blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's taught me a lot. So I kind of whether I'd, I would like to go back into it, uh, but probably in a slightly different way as well. OK, nice. Um, so you mentioned your college course. So um, without wanting to uh, insult any, any of your teachers, it sounds like you 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 could be teaching the class. So um, <laughs> so what sort of would you say is the I mean, is getting this formal qualification something to fall back on, or do you, do you really think it's giving, or is the course giving you the opportunity to to, to network further and to develop things you, you perhaps not, not not thought about previously? 
Well, I mean, the course for me was was quite a bit of a last minute decision because uh, I was working at the BBC and then that got cut short and I wondered whether I'd be able to get some kind of formal apprenticeship internship mm. with them. I applied for numerous colleges and the college course really kind of um, was similar to kind of about 30, 40 minutes away from where I live. And it really caught my eye in a way because mm-hmm. it was a little bit different and my stuff had been predominantly in front of the camera. And actually, I said to myself, maybe it's time to learn stuff behind the camera um okay. and, and and learn more of that editing software for all the fan media stuff so i wasn't limiting myself for for future opportunities if i have to do some filming or photography mm. or editing and things and, and script writing even yeah so the course for me i kind of started that and it was after the first as schools reopened uh, in the uk after the first lockdown so that was big um because it, it was a bit of a different different scenario but but no i mean the people in my class are brilliant. We're all passionate about getting into the media industry. We've all done had different experience. We've all got different backgrounds. And that's something that that's really worked well. Um, you know, the course is officially kind of named creative media with film and TV. And and it's not just journalism, it's not just script writing, it's lots of different things. And it also is teaching you how to be professional in the creative industry. Currently, I'm doing a project where you're looking at kind of progression and 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 building yourself with employability materials for the future. So that's things like showreel creation, CV creation, okay. um, mm-hmm. digital blog posts and things like that. So that would, and, 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 and things like that has, have helped me uh, look at different routes into fan media and in the media industry. Um, so yeah, it's a real, it's a real popular course. And, and, and we get taught by lecturers and, and teachers that have had experience in the media industry. And that's really key. Um, you know, my main course kind of leader has had lots of experience in commercial and, and smaller films as well and offers something different. And college is a lot different to school and and is probably more beneficial maybe for someone with my type of skills that wants to get into the creative industry. It's much more of a creative kind of um, course and, and giving you giving me the platform. And, and like you said there with the digital kind of the, the qualification to fall back on to, um, in a way, yeah, but 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 also still give me that experience to go to university or an apprenticeship at, at the next step, or even just going to full time work within the industry. Um, so it doesn't just give you that degree. There's a lot of experience on the course. We've worked at local film festivals before, um, and also you know we've had the opportunity to complete work experience. We do workshops in class, and and all these different projects have included lots of different programs and software that actually you'll get to university and potentially you're learning again because you're almost one step ahead of everyone. So it's a brilliant course. I can't kind of highly rate it enough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it sounds like it's, it's more than just the, the football or more than just the the, the sports involved uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, so one thing we've we've talked about before, because um, of J- Jamie's background being, he got, he got into working in sports in Barcelona because of his language skills. He, he used the a translator uh, for MotoGP at first, first and foremost. So his niche was, yeah, the language skills. So, um, for you, would you would you feel comfortable if tomorrow you to get a job hosting rugby league or hosting I don't know um, a general breakfast show? What skills do you think you'd need for that type of thing, or do you think you've your skills lie in sport and that's where you want to stay? Um, I don't think my skills lie in sport. No, I, I think I've always been quite switched on in terms of uh, reading the news and, and looking at current affairs. Uh, you know, many of say I've always got an opinion about various things going on in the world, and I think that 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 is a good thing to have and something that I can input in, in, in into media and journalism. Um, so yeah, no, if someone came to me tomorrow and said I've got a breakfast show on the radio or the TV, 
you know, there'd be potentially different research I'd have to do and it'd be very different. But I think you're using the same communication skills and media skills that you learn from sport and, and sports media to then transfer them into that kind of career path. So and, and the same for rugby league. I don't really watch rugby league. I take a fellow interest. I think rugby's a great sport. It's thoroughly entertaining. And I know people that will say it's more entertaining than football. <laughs> again, it's some, again, it, it, it's something I'd, I'd, I'd step into more. And, and learn the sport as well. And it's the same for when I had to do the mitre stuff. Um, you know, it, it was covering Premier League teams. I'd only ever covered Forest and Forest were a team that have sat in the championship for too long. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> yeah learning on our, the job, yeah, definitely. Yeah, considering our history. So it was almost a bit of learning on the job and watching other things and, and, and almost watching other broadcasters and taking tips. And there's a lot of research that goes into YouTube videos and, and presenting. Um you know, because you can't just kind of rock up and, and, and go off the cuff almost. I think there's got to be a bit of a script or some kind of, uh, you know, research you've done beforehand to get you, you know, to give you a bit of experience of when you're actually working on the on the certain job. Yeah, so I guess with, with all, all, all the research, is it is it almost annoying that your, your best video is down to what Lyle Taylor's doing on the pitch? If the best rating video is rather than one you spent hours researching, it's just a spur of the moment reaction video? Or do you think that's just the way the media is like and it's always going to be the crazy unplannables are going to do better than maybe one that you spend hours and hours researching yeah 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 no i agree for example the bristol city forest game i took the microphone it was a tuesday night a cold tuesday night in bristol with school and college in the next morning mm -hmm. and, and a late drive back to get back at half past one in the morning and with no intention of doing a video but because i had a microphone that was where the skills of maybe just literally kind of click of the fingers and let's go and, and doing that. So, yeah, it is a it's a weird one when kind of footballers on the pitch almost influence what you talk about. Um, but they have a profession and I suppose you could say people in the media have a profession. They link with our profession. We link with theirs and we talk about them. They talk about us. They help us have things to talk about. And that's the beauty of football sport and not just football sport. The media in general it is you know, ever evolving, it's always changing and there is so much to talk about. Um, and that's why I think presenters and TV anchors and news reporters and journalists, the, the jobs are never going to be lacking in a way. There's always things to talk about. Yes, there might only be a certain few on certain subjects and it might be difficult to get into, but they're always going to be around. So it is interesting when you put hard work in. It's like I put hard work into uh, when Forrest appointed a new manager, Steve Cooper, after second Chris Hutton. We did some, again, instant fan reactions and filmed mm. Cooper coming out um, of the tunnel and things like that and and doing that and then the video to only get 2,000 views is a little bit disappointing considering how much effort you put in however I always think and I've always had this uh, input and especially from from family members that have said this to me is that it's not always about the views it's about giving yourself a platform to launch on from uh, because of you you know you'll have more experience than other people so for me it's never been about the views really it's about creating content that experience a, people enjoy. yeah mm -hmm. yeah a, a people enjoy b i enjoy doing it that's the biggest thing i think if you enjoy something then you'll always want to do it and and, and see really that i can get something out of it and, and and so far i have really nice um so we've spoken um, uh, uh, earlier episodes of, of the podcast we mentioned um, a guy called Ibai Janos who's um, he's a Twitch Twitch streamer in in Spain who is suddenly getting all these exclusive interviews with Gerard Piquet and Lionel Messi so he's gone from Twitch streamer to being one of the top journalists in in Spain which has caused a lot of pushback from traditional Spanish journalists who are saying why aren't we interviewing Piquet and Messi who's this 
who's this guy? Um, so have you noticed any of that from maybe more established traditional journalists who are almost mm. dismissive of, of what you do or have been less than helpful or has it been pretty, pretty friendly, your experiences in in the media so far? Um, yeah, so it, it's a weird one that I'm sure there is people that that, mm-hmm. that that maybe have said that behind their back. There's certain people that might be sometimes a bit um, uh, when you ask them questions or ask them to help you in a way to get into the media industry. They, I think a lot of people in the media industry sometimes can have the attitude of, well, it's a difficult industry and I struggle to get into it. So you'll almost have to struggle to get into it, which is bad, really. I've had people kind of come up to me before and, and say, is there any advice you can give me on how to set up a YouTube channel or a fan media channel? And I, and I will try my best to, to help them. There's a young lad that covers Bristol City and he kept, literally came to me in the middle of lockdown and was really struggling and, and said, how, how do I do it all? I taught him. I've, I've given him some coaching and guidance. And I think you know, that's great because I had that and I had that from different broadcasters. You know, I mentioned the likes of Colin Murray and other YouTubers out there, Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV, who has always been so supportive of me and, and always wanted to help me. So, yeah, in the media industry, it can be funny. And it's one thing that I don't particularly like about the industry. However, I think sometimes if you're a little bit of an underdog in the background and people are talking about you, um, you know, even in a bad way, it doesn't matter. You're still focusing on what you're doing. You're focusing on your success so far. So far, and I think if you almost forget those those people and focus and channel your kind of inner strength into what you want to do, then it will only then your career will only go from strength to strength. But mainly the experience within media and especially within footballers and, and interviewing footballers and managers, the experience has been friendly. You get the odd view at football clubs. You get the odd view at TV and radio stations but you're going to get the odd view in every industry in a way um but i think the media industry has a lot uh, has a lot to offer and there's definitely room for for some you know some people to come along and 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 this this isn't just me some people to come along and kind of overtake me and and, and be more unique there's definitely something that you know i follow a guy who does some stoke stuff uh, for team stoke little lad named sam he's brilliant the you're so young so great at presenting and engaging with people and I actually think you could overtake me in a few years yeah. um, and, and and come up with some great ideas. And that's how competitive the industry can be so far. But, it, but it's great to see that it gives you friendly competition, but it also makes you reevaluate what you could be doing better as well to get into the industry. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly you make, make some yeah, really good points how there's already the, the next guy in theory coming coming along. So it's all about taking those opportunities. So with the mm. CBBC one, you mentioned that, perhaps didn't work out but then maybe it's the same way down the line you've got the show reels I guess you've got the the, the, the raw footage which you can use you, you, you use going forward um yeah, so in, in terms of your career in in the few years you've been making the videos are there any one standout moment that you that, that you can think of off, off the top of your head or is this or is it always evolving every week's the the, the next standout moment um, no, there's, there's, I think there's definitely been a few standout moments. I'd probably say Steve Bruce, the interview with him. Um, he kind of came out with his media guy and his media mm-hmm. guy look, said, look, he said to everybody waiting around the likes of the BBC. And this kind of goes back to your links into your last question as well. He was walking out and his media guy said, look, he's doing no more interviews. You know, please don't approach him. And, and I kind of said, you know what? You know, <laughs> I have the attitude of a bit like you only live once. Let's go for it. I kind of snuck around as a small individual back then. You know, I've, I've probably grown a bit since then. Um, kind of snuck around the back and literally kind of poached Steve Bruce. And without his media guy getting in, he said yes to it. And he said, I'm only giving you the interview because you had the balls to ask. 
Um, so that was really kind of funny and, and, and promising in a way. Um, and all these other people were watching kind of saying, you know, who is this kid? So that kind of links in with your last question. That was definitely a standout moment. There's been lots of standout moments covering Forest in, in great moments when we were high flying in the playoffs and the champ, um, you know, in the top of the championship. The Sabri Lamucci season pre-COVID was great. You know, there's been so many good interviews. I had a really good interview at the, um, there was a Colin Murray works for Quest TV in the mm -hmm. UK, uh, which is covers the uh, Falanders, the highlights. And he was with Ian Holloway and, and um, Chris Powell, uh, who were doing okay. the highlights at the time. And I did an interview with them at their kind of EFL on Quest launch at Charlton. That was a brilliant, so much fun and some things that you couldn't put in the video that were maybe outtakes <laughs> and perhaps not PG, but 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 so many fun things to include in there. And, and like you said, it's always changing and ever evolving. However, those probably, those two would stand out. And then also pre-COVID, pre actually, um, I'd like to say in COVID during the lockdown with Max stuff, Caroline Barker mm -hmm. and Michelle Owen, I think you mentioned kind of before we came on, Air as well you know you, you talked about those um so so those two were really were really kind of key individuals who i've aspired to and, and watching the media industry and really having have an interest in those two and and they were two favorite interviews of mine as well there's so many to pick from i can't really pick one to be honest no it sounds like you've had yet yeah, a really really exciting time so no, far it's with, been uh, fun doing it as well it's been mm -hmm. really fun good yeah that's the most important thing that uh, me, me and jamie say with, with with this podcast like we've both got um jobs and responsibilities jamie can't can't join us tonight but the main motivation for doing this is fun and then everything else second third and fourth so now yeah, i'm ho hopefully that tonight tonight's been been also fun fun for you max and um, no, it has been really good and yeah before we go so the the title of the podcast is 21 lessons for sport and media so if you could think of one lesson either for other fan media or anyone in general would it be as steve bruce said have the balls to ask or would you, have, would you phrase it phrase it slightly differently your your one lesson for, for sports <laughs> um, and media for me for me and maybe this has been said before uh but keep going uh you know one of the biggest things i've found is sometimes you lack motivation you come home and you have to edit a video and spend three hours and perhaps not get the best night's sleep but it is all worth it um, keep going. COVID has given me a lot of setbacks and, you know, I, I've, I've had to actually evaluate myself in COVID and look and say, actually, no, look, it isn't the end of the world, me losing a, a media opportunity. There's, there, there was plenty worse happening in the world. And that is the thing is realise the bigger picture and that sometimes you might feel it's moving slow um, with views or with you or, or in the career, but, but just keep going and, and eventually you will get there. Hard work's the key and also being yourself, uh, being creative you know and, and and being unique have something about you that's that, that that's different whether that's in the fan media process or, or you as an individual um so definitely that lesson and then probably to chuck in there as well having the balls to go up to ask someone and, and just and almost not caring about what others think you know I, I kind of set up my youtube channel throughout my school years uh, you know i got various sometimes a bit of banter or picked on from yeah. mm -hmm. from from other school individuals but for me i kind of look back now and actually think i'm in in a better position than them possibly with the platform i've created um and then and then and then and then possibly and 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 this could be another one i'm probably going off and giving you three lessons here but 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 really another one is probably just just to thank those around you it's like tonight coming on a podcast like this i really appreciate the invite i love doing things like this and talking um and and again it and again it helps you as an individual decide what you want to do 
So thank those who help you uh, because you don't know when you'll need them again. And, and they're such like key key individuals to to YouTube channel and my college course and overall media career. I've connected with so many and so many brilliant people and networking is key as well. And definitely. Um, well, Max, thank you very much for, for your time. Thank you, so, so, thank so you very much. Great. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's really been interesting again speaking to yeah, to somebody at the different different end of their careers from who we've had on 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 previous weeks. Uh, before we go, where can where can the listeners find you on on Twitter and, and YouTube? What's the what's the best best accounts? Um, yeah, Twitter's probably the best font. Uh, you know, if you want to see my personal profile, that's at at Max D Hayes, um, kind of all all all, all one word and, and together. So that's not just forest stuff. That's other little bits and and, and various sport and, and and other media things. I, I tweet a lot about sport media and what's going on in the world sometimes. And then kind of uh, the Matchstone and Max stuff on YouTube, I'd thoroughly recommend you go and check out the, the Mitre stuff we've done. There's been some great stuff we've filmed there. Um, and the same for the most recent videos as well. There's some really kind of, and, and, and even if you're not a football fan as well, um, you know, I've had a lot of people message me saying that they're not football fans, but it's really educated them on YouTube. So Matchstone with Max on YouTube. Uh, and then um, if you want to kind of see my showreel from a wide range of work, just just search Matchstone Max and search showreel as well. Um, so that'll all come up but um, really appreciate the invite onto the podcast I'm really grateful for for being on it's been good great Max um, we'll re- really appreciate uh, having your time uh, and yeah th- thanks all to listening and remember to like and subscribe 21 for 21 cheers guys Sports Social Podcast Network hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus